If you or someone close to you has ever worked in radio, you know that some pretty wild stuff happens behind the scenes. Welcome to Crazy Radio Stories. So I worked in radio in the mid-90s. My first job coming out of college was as the morning news anchor for a small radio station in Lawrence, Massachusetts, known back then as WCCM. Mm -hmm. And WCCM was owned by legendary sportscaster Kurt Gowdy. It was the epitome of local, small, hometown radio, right? Yep. That very rarely exists now. And so we kind of had a freewheeling, you know, ability to do anything. The main morning host was this guy named Bruce Arnold, who is now in the Massachusetts Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He worked at WBZ and all the big names in Boston radio. And for a period of about 30 or 40 years, Bruce was the morning host on WCCM. And and they had various programs. They had one that was like a, a cl- call-in classified ads, like I'm selling a mattress, I'm selling a this, right? Facebook Marketplace before Facebook. Right. It was so homey. And so as a kid growing up in uh, North Andover, Massachusetts, um, you know, that was the station where we got our school cancellations. That's where we got our local, what's, uh, what's our city council, what's our mayor doing, things of that nature. So it really was a, a lifeline and a pipeline to information when you weren't listening to specifically Boston news. So I happened to meet Bruce when I was a freshman at Syracuse. For summers, every year as I was in college, I would go home and I would work as a stringer going to city council meetings and covering stuff. And it was phenomenal experience and I loved it. Yeah. So when I was graduating from college, Bruce called me and he said, hey, do you have a job yet? And I said, no, I'm trying to get a TV job. I know I want to be a TV reporter. He said, look, I've got my morning news anchor job open. I would love for you to come fill it until you get a job. And I'm like, that is exactly what I would love to do. That sounds fantastic. Wow. Right. So it really worked out. I moved home. I graduated. I moved home. I started work like the next day. And I was their morning news anchor. I would go to the police department at 4 a.m., look at the arrest logs. And then I would be on the air at either 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. The thing about Bruce was he, I wouldn't say that he had anxiety, but he was former military. He was a drill sergeant. So even though we didn't have necessarily a post per se or syndicated programming or whatever, he loved to run his show the way he ran it. So he knew what every segment was, what every read was, when we were going to run ads, all that stuff. So anything that kind of messed with that would send him into a panic, right? So <laughs> we worked, our morning sports guy was this guy named Eric Keenan, one of my closest friends to this day. And he was a comedian, quite literally a comedian. When he was at UNH, he was voted funniest man on campus. And he had banged around local radio. He worked at WHAV in Haverhill, Massachusetts. And then he came to our station. We were about the same age. He's a couple of years older than me. You know, we'd shoot the bull in the morning as we were working and we'd almost miss our slots and whatever. Well, when I did my top of the hour newscast every hour, I would have to do a quick 30 second to one minute sports report slash tease And then about 10 minutes later, Eric would come and do a full three or four minute sports cast. Okay. Eric was responsible for writing whatever I had to read in order to tease his sports cast. And what he would do was he would refresh it for every hour. So if I went in the booth at 7 a.m. and I was off at like 7.07 or 7.08 or whatever, that read would be the last minute of my newscast before 
I finished, right? Okay. Eric started doing something where he'd say, look, I want to refresh this every hour. I will write it and I will give it to you, you know, when you go on the air or whatever. I said, okay. So what Eric started to do, because he was a prankster, is he would start delaying giving me the script for sports as long as humanly possible (laughs) to the point that I would sometimes get to that segment and I would say, Eric Heenan will have a full sports report coming up in about eight minutes last night. And I would be saying last night and I would not have the script. Oh, and so he would blast my door open with his head, shove the script in. And I'd be saying it last night, the Red Sox had a key matchup and I'd grab the script out of his hand and I would start reading what he wrote. And oftentimes what he wrote was unairable in any form because he would pepper swears and personal commentary into the script so that the script would, like I remember clear as day, one day it said, the Red Sox beat the Tigers last night, six to four, Roger Clemens, that fat fuck, went seven innings, had 14 strikeouts, the big stupid Texan didn't want to give the ball over to the manager, and we're all really, really proud of him for what he was able to do last night. The Celtics, and it would continue on, and I would be sitting there trying to read around all the crap that he wrote, because it, it'd be one thing if it was just that fucking idiot or whatever. Yeah, you skip it. I could skip over that and get to the thing, but then I'd get to the commentary part where I would just see the beginning of a sentence that said, we all... You know, and it would continue, are very, very proud of the stupid Texan or whatever. And so I'd be trying to piece together the script as I'm going along. And so Bruce, who was, you know, meticulous and everything had to be on military time, he would notice the haltingness in my voice. And I would see him as he's going through his scripts and he's getting his carts ready or whatever. I would see him look up through the glass at me. And a look of panic would wash across his face as he watched me struggling as if I had a stroke. Oh, my God. He would be sitting there looking at me. And then all of a sudden, after once or twice it happened, he would catch on to what's going on. He had a glass that looked into the newsroom. And Eric would be sitting there with just this smile across his face. And I could hear Bruce bellowing in the thing, I'll kill you, he did. And he's shaking his fist through the glass as Eric is on the floor laughing. And I am in there sweating bullets, hoping not to lose my FCC radio license. And he would pull that trick about once every week or once every two weeks. And it was just the most fun I've ever had working in my life because it was just one of those things where nobody at home probably ever knew what was going on or whatever. But we just had a blast that we were making 16 cents an hour while we did it. This has been another crazy radio story. If you want to hear more, follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now. The best way for us to grow the show is for you to share it with somebody else who'll enjoy it. If you have your own crazy radio story to share, send us an email, crazyradiostories at gmail.com. That's crazyradiostories at gmail.com.